0: Let's Parent on Purpose. It's your parenting podcast if you want to thrive and not just survive these parenting years. Hey, my name is Jay Holland, and I'll be bringing with me about 20 years of youth pastoring, parenting, foster parenting, and sharing some tips and tricks and mistakes that hopefully will help us all get better as we walk along this path. Well, hey friends. Today, I want to talk about something that is not specifically related to parenting or uh, even marriage. More kind of deeply related to life, but but I think that you're going to find that it's it's important in your marriage. It's important in your parenting. It's it's really important in your life altogether. And and I was thinking about this because just uh, a, a couple months ago, now, um, several weeks ago my family was kind of floored one saturday morning when we got a phone call that one of my uh, just favorite people in the whole world my my aunt sue had had suddenly died of a of a massive heart attack and so within hours you know our family is scrambling were my my mom and dad are quickly packing and and driving up the road from florida to to uh kentucky uh, i'm scrambling to find plane tickets to to get my family of 6 up there finding a dog sitter just arranging the things for work that need to be and and what's crazy is you know we we learned this news on a Saturday morning by by Wednesday afternoon we've had the the visitation the the funeral the graveside service and then it's time to you know turn around and get get back to life and by the end of the week we've we've traveled home and and start walking back into life and and it got me thinking how you know the the speed at which death comes at us and can completely turn not just our plans for the day but our plans for for life uh, on, on their head it's just astounding you know sometimes you have warning that that death is coming but oftentimes you don't uh, and and you know it's a possibility but it's often so shocking when it does happen in addition to that in in our western culture the speed at which things happen from from uh, from death to all of the planning that has to happen for the funeral service the memorial service the the burial picking out everything involved in it, it you know the speed and efficiency of it is is pretty astounding but at the same time the the speed of of your soul getting over what happened is just on a completely different plane. So we live in a culture where everything's fast, everything moves quickly. Even, even like good home cooked meals, meals that you would spend a couple hours on. That's not that long in comparison to even you think about meals, how long it used to take to, to prepare a meal. You know, for most people that lived, they, they started the preparation of the meal with the planting of the field beforehand or the raising of the animals. Uh, so for us, you know, a couple hours is a really long time to plan a good meal for the rest of society and humanity, months or years sometimes went into a specific meal. They may, if they were eating meat, there were years involved in, in that process sometimes. And, and so what I've noticed is our culture has really speeded up, but, but our souls have not speeded up. And especially in the West, we have in a lot of ways sterilized ourselves and, and made ourselves kind of um, um, inoculated from daily seeing, uh, true physical suffering and, and death. And so it comes as, as such a shock to us when we actually have to, to walk through it. Uh, you know, we see death on TV, but, uh, we're, we're kind of removed a lot of times from the slow suffering of it. And, and really that's an anomaly. You know, I, for, for a middle class American, I've walked through quite a bit of suffering in my life. I've walked through a you know a fair amount of of sickness and loss and death. Uh, kind of an, when I tell my story to other Americans, like I've walked through an astonishing amount of that stuff. But if you take me out of the the comparison of American population and you put me in the population of, of the rest of the world, I'm kind of average. Um, maybe maybe below average, uh, definitely below average in the amount of suffering that I've had. And so it's not that there's not suffering in the United States, but so much of our worries and anxieties are more along the lines of, I've got too much to do, or what if I don't maximize my potential in life, or what if my neighbors have more than I do, and not so much in, uh, I think that I'm going to bury a few of my children in my lifetime, or I can't feed them, or... I live in a place where either political upheaval or natural disasters could come in and completely wipe out everything that my family has. You know, we just the state of Florida just went through a hurricane, and it disrupted things. But it, you know, we're kind of back to normal. And even the Keys, the Keys that, that got slammed, give them a little time, and and that place will be up and booming and running again. And and lives have been affected. But th- what is it that Bur- Burundi? Burundi? I, I can't. I don't remember how you say that name. But that went from from an an island with people on it to nothing. There's there's nobody living there now. Puerto Rico just hit with Hurricane Maria. It's it might be a year before some of those people have power back if they ever do. Like they were just wiped out by it. So so even in natural disasters, we're just not used to dealing with things like humanity has for. For you know the the fallen sinful history of man, and so one of the things I think has been the compl- the, the consequence of that is is think about death, think about the death process. Uh, somebody dies. Generally, those next few days are filled with with shock, um, and maybe it was coming, so it's it's not quite the shock, but there's there's a lot of planning, there's a lot of scrambling. You got a service to figure out. You you've got. Um, financial and bank details to, to figure out you have all of these visitors that just swarm in and they can get in you know I was a thousand miles away from my cousins and my uncle and we were there within a couple of days and and I remember when when my wife passed away in, in my twenties you know people from all over the country were, were with me really quickly and that was an amazing blessing but at the same time you know Seven days later, they were all back. They were all gone. They were all back to their lives. And, you know, in a normal circumstance, you have to get back to work. You've got to get back to what you were doing. And you're kind of expected to be normal, but but things aren't normal. Uh, you've just encountered this incredible loss or you know, sometimes it's not death. Sometimes it's this massive sickness in your family or some, some other great tragedy that that throws you for a loop, but you've got to get back to the way things were really, really quickly. And, and what I have learned is that grief just doesn't work like that. Uh, you can't schedule it. You can't compartmentalize it and put it in a bottle. You think about even in the Bible, in faith communities, in communities where they knew that when somebody died, they went to be with the Lord. There was this extended period of grief that they had. I mean, 30 to 40 days was very common. You just stopped life and you grieve for that time, you know. They put on. They had mourning garments. They, you know, not just wearing black to the funeral, but for, for days or weeks or sometimes even years afterwards, they would put on, you know, the clothing of widows or widowers. When Moses died, I think it was 80 days that Israel stopped everything they were doing. Here's a here's a man that they know is with God but they feel that loss personally and i think that's a really important perspective to have is as christians i think sometimes what happens is we think well i'm i'm supposed to be happy cuz they're in a better place and so i'm being sinful or i'm being selfish cuz i can't get over their loss but i like to think about it like this if if one of my kids moves to california or moves to hawaii or moves to the other side of the world for a long period of time i i'm going to be happy for them i'm going to know that they're alive especially if they move for great reasons but I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss the, the relationship and the getting to be together of them and how much more so if somebody goes to be with the Lord. I am, I am so thankful that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for those that love Jesus. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to miss them. And I think even in the Bible, you have a good example of that. Jesus at Lazarus' funeral, knowing that he's about to raise Lazarus from the dead, he weeps he he weeps at a funeral he's about to do a resurrection of. He grieves the the pain and the curse of death. So what I've learned about grief, I just want to share kind of this this analogy that has been really helpful for me. And and actually I have a couple of different friends to thank for this. One was was a friend, his name was Brent. Um who, who was a pastor who I remember him talking about this to me, uh, around the time of, I think Hurricane Katrina, as we were, we were working on a service project together and he was sharing with me his experiences in counseling and grief. And then another was a stranger that I never met. And they were talking on this, uh, young widow's message board that I had begun to frequent, uh, after the, the death of my wife. And the funny thing was for me, young widow meant, um, twenty. Seven twenty-eight, and for a lot of them, young widow meant they were 55, 60 years old. but but uh, there was this discussion of the grief monster. And so basically the grief monster, something tragic happens. You know, somebody dies, you have a major loss, loss of life, loss of um, loss of hopes or loss of dreams. And the grief monster comes and the grief monster starts knocking knocking on your door and and when the grief monster knocks um, it's never convenient it's not like you'd blocked off on your, ne- your day to grieve but still there's this knocking this knocking on your door and you try to go about what you're doing but the knocking continues and what do you do? you ignore it and the knocking continues and it continues and it starts to overwhelm all of the normal parts of your life that knocking i'm going to quit knocking cuz it's probably annoying to you on the uh, on your radio um so sometimes maybe the knocking will go away for a little bit, but it keeps coming back. And when it comes back, it's louder and it's louder and it's stronger. And so, what do you do with this knocking grief monster? Well, what our society does is keep trying to keep trying to fill your life with more things. Stay busy. Get on medication. Um, and and I'm not against medication for anxiety, but I think what we can't do is we can't live in denial. And so the the best way to handle the grief monster is to open the door. Let the grief monster come in and and just sit down. Sit with the grief monster, grieve, cry. You know, you might have had a full agenda for the day and sometimes you just need to stop. You can't go through that agenda and you need to just mourn the loss. You know, acknowledge the sadness. And, and even if you're acknowledging that, for instance, if that person died and they're with Jesus, you can acknowledge that I'm, I'm happy for them, I'm in hope, but I just feel that loss. And you need to grieve. And what I've learned with the grief monster is if you'll just do this, if you'll just let the grief monster in, the grief monster won't stay. Um, the grief monster wants its time, and then the grief monster will get up and go, and you don't have to continue to feel this brokenness and sadness all the time. But you know what? It's going to come back. It's going to come back and it's going to start knocking again. It's going to want back in. And and you're going to feel annoyed because you feel like you've gotten past this, but you haven't. You have to let the grief monster back in. Sit with the grief monster. Give him its time. And you know what? Eventually the grief monster really does go away. You know, it doesn't happen in a week and it doesn't happen in a month. You know, depending on the loss, depending on the extremity, it might be over several years, and it will certainly take you for surprise, and it certainly won't be convenient. Um, but if you will give the grief monster its time, what you find out is it ends up being this amazing tool for your healing, instead of this looming shadow over the rest of your life. Grief is is uh, it's a product of sin. It's a product of the fallen world, but grief is not sin. Grief, in some ways, is is, is a tool that we have to get past the brokenness and the sadness. Um, but if, if you're afraid of that tool, if you ignore that tool, it doesn't become a tool. It becomes a tyrant that just takes hold of every part of your life. And so, hey, I, I don't know what you're going through right now. Um, I don't know what kind of loss and sadness that you've had, but I, I do encourage you to consider... Did you give proper time in your life to literally mourn the loss of whatever happened? Uh, did you give proper time to grieve or did you just fill yourself with busyness? Did you live in denial and pretend like everything was, was okay because you felt like you had to hold it together and keep it together all the time? Um, if, you, if you did that, if you've just filled every moment with trying to keep it together, then let me tell you, this is affecting your marriage. This is affecting your parenting. It's affecting your life. And you need to grieve. You need to give yourself the freedom and permission to grieve so that you can be free of the grief. The grief monster doesn't have to stay. But if you keep that door shut, the grief monster is just going to knock louder and louder and louder. And it will, I promise you, it will consume your life. So I pray—I'm just going to close this podcast today with, with a prayer um, that, that maybe you can, you can echo in your heart. Um, Lord, we live in a broken world. We live in a lost world that is just ravaged by the effects of sin. And, uh, God, we've experienced it. And I pray for those who are listening. I pray that you would give them the wisdom and the space and the freedom to properly grieve the losses that have happened in their life so that you might heal their heart um, and that you might free them from the hooks of that grief. So God, I pray um, for those listening, Lord, the freedom to grieve so that they might have the freedom from grief. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hey, that's it for today. And I do pray that this has been somewhat of an encouragement and blessing to you. That's always our goal. If uh, there's any feedback you'd like to give me, I would love to hear it. You can email me at jay at covenantfellowship.com or you can go to letsparentonpurpose.com and uh, read the blog that goes along with the grief monster today and you can leave a comment there. This has been Let's Parent On Purpose. It's a ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. You can check us out at covenantfellowship.com. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you come visit our church and uh, worship Jesus with us. Again, this is Jay Holland. Thank you so much for joining. Reminding you this is a marathon and not a sprint. We'll talk to you soon.